On this week's episode, we have two industry professionals from the great states of North and South Carolina, uh, Mr. Greg Burgess and Robbie Miller, two individuals who invited me down to be a part of the Southeast Regional Sports Turf Conference, uh, which truly was an incredible experience uh, with some of the best people in this industry um, and to be able to go down, connect, network, um, and be a part of a great panel uh, discussing the future of our industry, um, where we can find them, how we're going to be able to bring in that next generation, and just how we can reach more people. And I think it really opened a great conversation among sports field managers from the Southeast that truly is needed and definitely will have a huge impact moving forward. Um, Whether it's building more programs like ours or working to develop new ways of recruiting individuals into this industry. There's just so many incredible things that we can do. Um, And we were able to really tackle those things in our conversation on the panel and great things have come from it. Being able to talk with industry professionals even weeks after now um, about what can be done, how we can be improved, and just overall how our industry needs this and how we can build. Um, I can't thank Greg and Robbie enough for everything they've done. Um, obviously, taking into account the need and the uh, areas that we can improve upon. We also dive into their own stories about how uh, Greg has been a, a generational sports field manager um, and being able to set roots in Greenville with the drive and being able to grow in his own space and just have a great impact on so many sports field managers in the southeast um, and then Robbie and his journey and how he found his way in Charlotte and it just is an awesome episode with two incredible people that I truly can't thank them enough for taking the time and inviting me down to meet with them and just get to know them and be able to have them on the podcast was an awesome experience you know and being able to do a recap of the event and everything was i think incredible um robbie is running for election for the national sfma board so be sure to vote before the uh, poll runs out um again someone who's a great leader in this industry that can really take it to new heights um and we really uh can't thank them both enough for coming on the podcast so i hope you guys this enjoy this episode of tiger turf talk welcome back to the 102nd episode of tiger turf talk i'm your host drew miller today we have on two incredible guests uh from the southeast region uh we have mr greg burgess the vp of stadium and field operations for the greenville drive and we have Mr. Rob Miller, Director of Landscape and Athletic Grounds at Providence Day School, uh, somewhere in North Carolina, I believe. And that's where I botched it. See, we almost got there. Um, <laughs> how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Doing good, Drew. Appreciate it. Yeah. So the reason I, I brought you guys on together, obviously, you guys are a big part and big proponent of the education and just the overall operations of the Southeast uh regional sports field day sports field conference i apologize um and i was lucky enough to be invited by you guys which again i can't thank you enough because i had an absolute blast again there's just a great core of sports field managers down there um if you guys could sort of talk to what the process is like sort of putting this show on as you have for many many years now uh at such a high level of every aspect of what a conference can be Greg, do you want to start? I mean, you have the hardest part, in my opinion, which is the education. Um, yeah, well, first, I mean, we're – well, we finished our, what, 16th year? Was that was that right, Robbie? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. We're – you know, I believe South Carolina STMA had a couple early conferences without North Carolina at some point. I want to say around 2008 or 2009, uh, the group came together that, that has become the core group that we work with now. They came together and, and started a larger – um, a larger conference that I think Greg was 30, 30 people the first year at the Caravel. And we've grown to, we had 230 attendees, not counting uh, corporate partners this year. So. Yeah. yeah, They, they definitely all start to run together now that we're, we're there at the double trees having these bigger numbers. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Robbie, we started back years ago at the Caravel up the beach and um, 
that's back when my dad was involved and I just kind of helped being uh, the errand guy on those days and making sure everyone got where they needed to be and ate where they needed to eat and everyone got fed. Um, but, you know, even from the get go, we had, we always had great, great response out of people. You know, the people that got there, they, they loved it. They, they really enjoyed coming down, you know, and, and talking just sports turf. Um, and, and in, in our, our part of the, the industry, you know, our world. And, uh, that just kind of snowballed into, you know, more, more people and more interest. And then we ultimately came together with North Carolina and they were always involved really when, with the conference and, and, you know, we, we were able to put a name on it and, and think bigger and better. And we've looked at a lot of different places down there and we settled there on the, the, at the Doubletree Hilton and, man, it's just been growing, you know, and it's, it's awesome to see that many people come together every November. You know, that's the best time of the year, really, in my opinion. And a lot of folks think that it rivals, you know, a national type type uh, conference. And that's that's what we were always going for. You know, we were wanting to get good content out there, but with a lot of value, you know, you're, you're coming down, you're getting fed, you got a good place to stay and it's all right there. And it's and it's just it's just a good fit. It's a good trip for everybody. Yeah, and the Doubletree has been a great partner for us the last couple of years. You know, our, our first year, I believe, was there in 2017. Uh, we had that hurricane that came through, and it wiped out the pier and did a lot of damage to the the – I can't remember the name of the, the wing that we're in. But it did a lot of damage to that wing, and so we had to move over to the older wing. And, you know, they were able to accommodate us despite some adversity. And from there – you know, they've been a great partner. We've been able to grow uh, the trade show space down on the first floor, the education spaces that we've grown into breakout rooms. And then obviously, like Greg said, that the food that we get is, is you know, it's pretty great for the value that mm-hmm. uh, we're putting on for that for the conference. So absolutely. It was I mean, it was incredible all levels and bringing in such big names when it comes to uh, speaking, not speaking about myself again, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm talking about the the Dr. Henry's and the Dickerson's. Yeah. And, all the all the incredible people in this industry and you brought such great content to what's specific to again every sports field manager has and deals with obviously greg you're in charge of the education what do you sort of frame your work around when it comes to all right we need to put all this together what are you looking for and how far out from the conference are you really starting to plan when it comes to obviously three days worth of education for sports field managers so, so from every conference, we at the end of it, you know, if you came and you're there to the end, we'll do a survey. We'll do a survey that's on site there, and sometimes we follow it up with the online survey, just getting a getting a pulse of the group. You know, what you liked, what you didn't like. You know, and and the survey goes into education and hotel and food. You know, so we're getting a good pulse on everything, just so know how, know what we're doing good and bad, and you know what we could do better at. But from that survey, you know, it comes what topics, what topics guys want to listen to, you know, what, what's out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty involved in the minor league world, but I don't really get out past that. So I don't know, you know, some of the, the, the state of the art stuff and, you know, from the line, like I'm not really seeing off offhand and, and not really networking as much as, as I could, but um, you know, we get a lot of topics from those. And then after the first of the year, when we have those, we start having calls with the education committee and we just start, you know, brainstorming, you know, let's uh, um, let's go through these topics and let's see what they what what folks want to hear. But then also a lot of people at the conferences and at national, you know, they have a conversations. They've heard about Myrtle Beach and they want to come and talk. And well, those are those are great. Anybody that wants to come and talk, you know, like they just got to make sure they're they're getting a hold of us and letting us know because. We want that content. You know, we want guys not just from right here in the Carolinas, but from afar, because we want to be able to pull pull outside of our region, not just in it. And um, you know, it's it's it takes a long time. It starts really in I would say probably February, March is when we're really starting to to formula formulate like what the conference is gonna look like, you know, what content we want to go, what kind of gears we wanna to go towards and and we just kind of go from there and, and try to get people on the hook and and hold them to it for the next six months and hope, hopefully they all show <laughs> up on time. Well, yeah, uh, you had a couple of the guys driving last minute flight cancellations and all that. So, I mean, you guys yeah. do a great job of making sure that they're ready to go, you know. Um, Robbie, more a question for you. Obviously, not many people are doing what you guys are doing down there uh, when it comes to the conference itself. 
what has been sort of the driving force to be bigger and do things better and create something that again, every single guy I talk to down there that are, I'm friends with that I met, were just like, Oh, we love doing this. This is just a annual thing that we love. And really it had, it had that feel like you guys were saying that national event, like it had the same feel of like that family, the camaraderie coming together and talking about what you guys are up to and all these different things. What is it? on the ground floor for you, just developing everything for the actual event, having that partnership with the Jubble Tree. What has it been like for you guys? I mean, just getting that set up. I mean, like Greg said, the, our attendees drive what we're doing. And we're so fortunate that each year we've had support from our attendees and our corporate sponsors to, to keep pushing us to be better and to keep pushing us to grow. We've had a few adversities along the way. Uh, you know, we used to do a partnership with the Golf Course Association and uh, it was a tough decision when we decided to kind of go out on our own. It was a scary decision. I wasn't, you know, a part of that decision, uh, but from uh, the outset of it. But you know, the guys that envisioned this to grow—the Bill McLemore's, the Tommy Walstons, uh, the Bruce Suttis, uh, Jimmy Simpson, uh, Clark Cox—I'm sure I'm going to miss a few people. But those guys envisioned, you know, a, a regional conference that would grow and pull from the states around us. It's something that is still our goal. And it's something, again, that our attendees drive. And I think as you see a little bit uh, from the events that you were at, the camaraderie like you spoke about, this has become a, a destination that people want to you know, see their friends that they've made down here. And they want to come and learn together and they want to come and uh, support our, our scholarship golf tournament. We give four scholarships out to uh, the state of North Carolina and South Carolina, our attendees uh, and our members from each state. So Really, you know, it all goes back to that. It goes back to our founders and the great vision that they had to to put on a, a truly, you know, the biggest regional conference that we could for sports field managers. Which you guys did a phenomenal job, as always. Um, now, another thing that, again, like you're talking about the founders, their vision, just sort of everything that goes into it uh, and how you've come to today. Uh, there are a lot of behind the scenes things that go on that many people don't know about, obviously, decisions uh, very critical, important aspects. Um, and there's this real, I think, honestly, there's a theme around sort of most things sports field. And whether it's conferences, whether that's the field of work, other people, there's this new generation sort of coming in. And obviously, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And you're a part of that sort of new generation that are those founders that are sort of care passing the torch, you know, like moving on and doing your own thing. Is there any plans for the future that you guys have that you really think will take it to the next level or something that you want to do a little differently that you think would make it easier, better? And again, you don't have to change anything. I'm just curious sort of like what your guys' thoughts are on all of that. You know, I think it's something we evaluate each year. Um, you know, we look at mistakes that we made and, you know, we do make them. We make quite a few. Hopefully they're not too No one noticeable. notices them. No one Hopefully not. Them you know, we... Um, but it's really, we, we kind of look at what's the driving force. You know, I'll let Greg speak to the education, but we kind of look to see what's the driving force in the industry. What do, what do our surveys tell us? Where do people want us to take it? You know, we can't stress enough. You know, I, I don't want to sound repetitive, but it's what our attendees are looking for is what we want to move towards. And, you know, again, we want to make this a regional destination. We'd love to get more people from Virginia. We'd love to get more people from Georgia. This year we had pesticide credits for Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And, you know, that's moving in that direction to get to offer more pesticide credits for different states is one of the things that we're looking to to grow with. Um, and again, you know, it, it comes back, like I said, to what people want to do. Do we want more uh, networking events? Then let's look at that. Let's see where we can add more networking events. You know, what do our corporate sponsors want to see? Do they want to have more uh more trade show events where they can be in front of more of the the people that you know help support them so you know it's really a a collaborative effort you know we get together like greg said uh, starting in february and our committee kind of gets together we review where we were at and and as a group we kind of decide where we'd like to go for that year and try something new and see if it works and if it doesn't then you know we'll go back to the drawing board and if it does you'll see us expand on it so yeah yeah, we definitely just we get a lot of feedback from from vendors as well. You know how how they uh, orchestrate that whole week, what they see who we can make better. Um, 
uh, certain areas, you know, different uh, sponsorship opportunities that could be out there of different networking um, engagements. Um, sometimes, you know, content goes into like baseball or, you know, mound rebuilds. And I know that we've done some of those like in the trade show space and um, we've kind of gone back to more of a classroom type of setting on, on those advanced workshops. But, you know, we're always looking for, for new areas right there around, around uh, Myrtle beach that we can get out and actually be out on the field and see, see some hands-on demonstration. Um, so again, you know, any, any feedback we get from, from folks, you know, anyone that goes to national, you know, national is always a good draw to go there and see, you know, what are the topics about, you know, where we don't necessarily want to like replicate exactly the talks that, they're doing there but you know we can get some sort of some sort of variation of it and you know or that that kind of sparks interest in some other areas that hey let's let's maybe talk to these folks out in uh ohio or you know california and see what they're doing and bring them in and um you know just trying to trying to pull as many people as we can and you know maybe it's a it stays a regional thing but we we really just want to focus on making it regional you know reaching out to these other states and we're hoping us getting some some good content out of uh Tennessee, University of Tennessee and University of Georgia, like they're they're eat up with with tons of different uh, topics and, and, and information that we're going to use. And hopefully that's going to start pulling some of their uh, some of their their chapter members and, and coming down to our way, you know. Absolutely. Um, now, membership is a big thing. And truly, I mean, I, I know many guys out of North Carolina, South Carolina, and they're just they're incredible people. Um, and ob obviously there are so many great people that are a part of the board and part of the different groups and everything that goes into this event. Um, what has it been like for you guys sort of finding that next round of members, you know, bringing in new members. So those numbers do go up. Uh, obviously I came down to talk about sort of like the next generation of sports field managers, stuff like that. What has it been like for you guys sort of over the years, seeing that growth and finding that next generation of, again, members, employees whatever it is you know that you guys have been over the last few years um sorry if you good Robbie you would go ahead no I'll say go ahead I was, I was going to just acknowledge that that's one of our biggest challenges is trying to to figure out how to reach more people uh you know we've we use social media uh you know we're we're on this podcast with you hopefully that will will help reach some people and you know the things that you're doing with your program are pretty inspirational to us too and, you know i know we had a, a, a more than a few people discuss how we could incorporate some of those things into our you know conference or our state or you know we're so open to ideas and you know our our committee's what eight people greg nine people i think you know we're always looking for help on that committee and we're always looking for new ideas and, yep. you know, we'll try those ideas and hopefully they work. And, you know, last year we, you know, in an effort to save money, we moved to all try to all do all digital signage. And that's why you see you're starting to see more TVs versus your standard, you know, paper yeah, document handout or whatever. So and that's been something new for us that this year didn't work out quite the way we wanted to. We we missed a few things as far as uh, notifications that we were looking to give to people and that's something we'll we'll you know come together as a committee we'll talk about and we'll fix that for the future and we'll grow that particular part of the conference um but getting getting back to your point you know that that is the challenge you know how do we get younger people here how do we attract people that that don't know about us or or this is the first time that they're making that drive down to the beach um we don't have a silver bullet answer if, if you have no, one I for guess. us we'll be happy to take it you know um <laughs> You know, and I, I have to give Greg a lot of credit because I think the education is such the heart, you know, the hardest part of all of what we do. He has to start the earliest. And, you know, that I think is a driving force to bring people to us, too. So, you know, and Greg knocks that out of the park on a yearly basis. You know, I, I think mean, our education is, is amazing. I mean, this year, like the panel, like having you down, Drew, going through the panel and like recruiting the next generation, like you guys, you guys nailed it on the head, man. We're That's what we're trying to invoke in like the whole crowd of you know, finding the next generation and the next generation is really just, it's sitting amongst us right now, you know, or, or, or in the schools right now, they just, how do we get in front of them? How do we let them know who we are and what we do? And, you know, there's a, a really lucrative career going into sports turf management across the country. You know, how do we get that, that word out? Um, but I think some of the, the increase that we're seeing is 
folks traveling in to our states that are, you know, new employees at different outfits or, uh, you know, folks that didn't get they're, they're getting to come down for the first time because we at the beginning we show we get to raise of hands like who's who's uh, is this their first conference and man there's probably thirty people in there and I didn't recognize hardly any of them and you're just kind of like wondering like where are these people coming from but like it's folks like um, you know the UNCs and Clemson's and uh, NC states and whatnot they're bringing more people you know and that's uh, I don't know if they're they're like switching up with folks or just bringing more but you know there's a lot more the 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 leads of their companies i guess are just bringing more people and mixing in folks and you know they're helping us get that word out there too yeah our biggest draw comes from a lot of parks and recs departments too i think uh 50 to 60 percent of our attendees come come from parks and recs and so we you know trying to find things that interest those you know parks and recs people and uh collegiate level people, um, TK through 12 people like myself and, um, and obviously professional level is, is always a challenge. And, you know, anybody has any ideas, you know, Greg's always open to, we do a call for presentations and those all go to Greg and, you know, we're always looking for, for new ideas and new, new topics that we can move to. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great ones coming out with different technologies and all that. So kind of agree with you more on just open it up to people that are interested you know uh by the way i saw uh the other day i got an email and i saw a ballot and i saw a familiar name on it um <laughs> uh <laughs> do you want to make your your pitch for the the people that are going to be listening over the next few weeks about uh uh your what is it for is it k through 12 yeah it's k through 12 i probably said tk early earlier but, my school yeah, starts I- with transitional kindergarten and I have a joke with our rival high school down the road because they they do uh, JK, which is junior kindergarten. And they say T- TK is not real; it's it's junior. I'm just, but, but yeah, I'm I'm running for the uh, the K through twelve uh, uh, board position for the S- national SFMA. Congratulations! Uh, that's incredible. Uh, it's a little scary, you know. It I'm excited about it. I think you know I've done I uh, did the North Carolina. STMA board. I was the president in 2017. I've been part of this committee with uh, the Southeast Regional Conference since 2016 or 2017. You know, I did uh, little things here and there, but actually being on the committee, you know, it started 2016, 2017. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited for a new challenge. And I think, you know, going and helping with the, the SFMA is an exciting opportunity, especially with a new CEO that's coming in. Uh, Some of the things that I would like to see the the SFMA do a little bit better of is uh, comes back to chapter relations and work more with, you know, the chapter leadership and how can we market the chapters better to, to people. And Hey, that's an industry wide problem, right? We're, we're trying to figure out how we can get, you know, the younger generation to, to do what we want to do with the long hours and the, you know, it, it definitely takes a certain type of person, I think, to to do this. You have to love it. And I think we all do. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Uh, but I would like to see the SFMA, you know, help with resources, help, you know, the chapters that that need the help, that want the help. You know, we're always trying to grow. And I think if we grow the, the chapter at the chapter level, we can help grow at the national level. And, you know, when we're looking for our next generation of board members, I think that can be fed from, you know, the chapter level. And if we can help develop chapter leaders uh, and we can help develop chapters throughout the country, then we can create a larger, stronger group for all of us. So. Truly incredible. I mean, I think that was, a, I think there was a big pull on hiring. Oh shoot. What's her name? Laura Simmons. Simmons, Mrs. Simmons. Yes. Yeah. I heard she is big on chapters and big on making sure that everybody uh, is not in like line or anything, but like their support, through the sort of network of everything that goes into, again, this, what is the SFMA, you know? Um, well, and we're all volunteers too, you know? Yeah, that, that is true, you know? And I'm not a marketing person, you know, I'm, I'm not a, uh, like a CEO. I don't have a CEO background. So if the SFMA can help our chapters and help our chapter leaders with some of the things that we're, you know, we're weaker at, I think that will benefit all of us. You know, we're good at, we're good at growing grass. We're good at, you know, managing the facilities and, and it's not all grass for all of us. Some of us have horticulture. Some of us have, you know, the actual indoor structures too. You know, Greg, I, you're, you do a lot with the overall stadium operations. So it's, you know, we have skills 
that go beyond what, you know, our natural education and natural work experience are, but, you know, we're not marketers. We're not business people at, at the heart of what we do. And so the people that need that help, anything that national SFMA can do to help those chapters, I think is only going to help us grow and be stronger. Absolutely. I mean, and I I love how you bring it back to sort of the root of the source, you know, when it comes to it's the state chapters and there are so many people that are interested in building new state chapters. You know, when we talk about uh, Florida, the state is so large, like there's obviously room to do a North and a South. There's obviously uh, areas that we don't have any chapters. I mean, the Midwest, I mean, outside of, I could be wrong, like Iowa, I think they might have one, but like, there are not that many chapters really available to sports field managers in those spaces, you know? So uh, not only adding to the ones that we have, but creating more so that again, it's more of a widespread uh, sort of, I don't even know the right term for it, but the, the knowledge and who we are and how we can bring in more people. Uh, I also think it also helps when, the SFMA is on sort of the same terms as everyone else is sort of bringing down policies, understanding how we can incorporate together, uh, having easier relations from say your guys's conference into the uh, national conference, being able to have those relationships, which again, I'm not saying we're not there before, but like you said, the, it, building it and making it stronger will make everything just easier sort of, creating that next step you know and making more opportunities for so many more people that don't know about it you know um so that's that's awesome to hear um for those that don't know again you should have got, received an email as a member of sfma uh make sure you go vote and uh we're not telling you to vote robbie but we're telling you to vote robbie sorry um <laughs> i appreciate that and we were very fortunate to have a lot of support from sfma this year from having uh james Bre- uh, bergdahl there and having Leah Craig there and, you know, Leah did so much behind the scenes. I'm so thankful that she was there this year. I hope she can be a, you know, a, a lasting presence for us. She really picked up where we needed help. She identified it before we even knew we had it. And I'm sure that's, that comes from her years of experience working with the the national SFMA at their conference. So having her was just such a big help. And we, we hope to continue that partnership in the future. Truly incredible. Um, so we'll shift a little bit uh, away from the conference uh, and I, I'll, I'll keep it towards more of like what we were talking about in our talk uh, specifically. What was it for each of you? And again, it doesn't matter what order. What brought you to the industry? How did you find sports field management? What was it that, again, sort of drove you to where you are now being the people that are bringing in that next generation, providing the opportunity of the conference and so much more? Uh, well, for me, my dad, it, it all started with my dad, Mike Burgess. Um, a lot of folks know him. Um, he was in the business for a long time. He uh, he was one of the founding members of the South Carolina chapter. And during that time, I believe he he helped North Carolina start start y'all's too, uh, back with Tommy Walson and Bill McLemore's um, back in the early 2000s. And so when I grew up, I grew up all around it. You know, yeah. I was – Back, I remember back in the day, try folding the brochures for the meetings <laughs> to get them mailed out for my dad and um, helping at the caravel to get the food out and everything. And But I grew up always like seeing it. My dad brought home equipment all the time. He was a territory manager for several different uh, outfits. And, you know, so I was always saw it, always rode around with them to different fields. And it was probably in high school. I wasn't even geared towards sports turf or anything. He was – he uh he, he called on uh, the Charlotte Knights there, Eddie Busquet at the time, the groundskeeper there. And uh, I was just a game time worker. Hey, you want to come work for the summer? And yeah, all I did was chalk, chalk uh, baselines with the chalk box and clean dugouts. That was all I did the very first year. And then I would just keep coming back because I like the camaraderie of the, 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 the crew. You know, you like hanging out. You, you, you prep and get ready to, you know, do pregame or the drag or postgame or tarp, whatever it is. But you're ready to go and you work really hard for that short time. And then you kind of have a lull and, you know, you get into doing what you're doing, but really like the camaraderie and it just kind of snowballed up into, you know what, you can actually go to school for this. And then I uh, went and uh, explored Clemson, didn't get into Clemson. Um, so I was bummed. I was about a week away from 
sending my money into Ori Georgetown. And then I wound up getting back into Clemson somehow. And so I went that path and uh, went to Clemson, worked on athletic grounds there the whole time. Uh, the city of city of Clemson parks and rec. And then it's just, uh, I interned here at the Greenville drive in 06, their very first season under Ray Sayer. And I got my foot in the door knew, got to know the GM. You never know, like the first impression you want to leave. And, you know, I was thankful that I had a really good internship here and it just turned into coming back right after college as the head groundskeeper at 23. And now I just finished my 14th season here and uh, seen a lot, super thankful for that whole path and everyone that's helped me um, stay on it. Um, and all the, all the support that you get out of all the folks in these conferences and all the the networking that you do over the years, like, man, there's so many people I can just call up from, from, you know, parks and rec level to big leagues. I can call them up and shoot them a question and, and they'll you have an hour long conversation with them. And there's, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in an industry that, that you can do that. I don't know. I'm sure there's others that you can, but you know, it makes you just feel like a, a real sense of belonging to what you do and, you know, couldn't be thankful, more thankful for it. Yeah, I had a, a kind of a strange path to the sports field. Uh, I did grow up doing landscaping as a kid. My dad was a, a fireman when I was growing up, um, and I was around firehouses a lot when I was a kid. Um, but when I went off to college, uh, I went off. I had no idea really what I wanted to do. I kind of I applied to all the North Carolina schools. I got into UNCC, and I got into NC State. And I originally was going to go to UNCC, and I got into their engineering program and I wanted to build houses, I think at the time. Uh, and the very last day possible, I went to my parents. I was like, yeah, I want to go to NC state, not UNCC. And so I, we rushed to the, you know, to the, to the post office. We got the stuff in the mail, you know, back when you had to do it through the, you know, the, the slow mail system. Uh, and I, I got into NC state. I got in their first year program and it was for people who really had no idea what they wanted to do. And I quickly decided that I wanted to be a psychology major. And I wanted to do that because at the time I was big into playing golf. Now, anyone who's played golf with me knows I'm a terrible golfer. So I don't know why I wanted more time to do it. But I thought if I got a psychology degree, then I could play more golf. Well, my roommate at the time just so happened to be in the turf program at NC State. And he was like, well, why don't you just bypass the whole psychology thing and, and get into the turf program? And so that's what I did. And I graduated from NC State in 2001 with a, uh, an agronomy degree with a turf grass concentration. And my first job out of college was working with Jimmy Simpson at the Durham Bulls. And, you know, I think I made $6 an hour that year, which wasn't a lot, uh, you know, even by the, you know, the Come standards. On, Jimmy. Back then. Come on. <laughs> well, it wasn't Jimmy's fault. I mean, Jimmy was, I know. you know, Jimmy had a budget and I'm sure Jimmy made the big bucks, but Jimmy was great to work for. I learned a lot that summer. Actually, was on the game crew the summer before when you know him and John Turnower were there. You know, you could go on a list of people who worked for the Durham Bulls and and kind of came out of that organization and moved on to do different things. But uh, you know, six dollars an hour doesn't pay a whole lot. And I'm from Charlotte, and I wanted to make my career work in Charlotte, and so that kind of pushed me to the the golf course industry. I had worked at Myers Park Country Club uh, off and on a little bit over the years. Uh, when I was in college, when I would come back home for the summers, I would go and I would work there. And it was just kind of a natural push to go back. So I went back there. I was there for about four years. I did some uh, national and I mean, well, I guess it was more regional, but I had the, my region was the whole, the Eastern seaboard. So I, one day I might be in Orlando, Florida. The next day I might be in Muncie, Pennsylvania. And that was a, a national landscape company that I worked for. We had uh, the banks and that was around. Oh, oh eight or trying to remember when the the banks crashed. I, I want to say that was oh eight, and uh, from there I didn't have a job. I got very fortunate that I my mom knew someone who worked at Providence Day School and gave them my resume. And at the time I had had experience in landscaping, I had experience in golf, and I had experience in athletic fields. And so I, you know, to them I was a natural fit. It, it's worked out. I've been there for 16 years. Um, I hope I'm there for, you know, 16, 20 more. I hope I retire from there. Uh, it's been a great place for me. Uh, and I get to do the things that I love, you know, going back to a kid was 
you know, growing grass and managing facilities. So. Gotta love to hear the stories, you know, it's like the Carolina boys, honestly, everything they come together, you know, <laughs> uh, I never heard that story. That's pretty good, bro. Yeah. That's, I, I've told that story to some people, not, that was the very long winded version of it. I went back a little bit further. Usually I just say, Hey, I was a psychology major for yeah. a couple semesters. <laughs> and then I decided to, you know, get back into, you know, the sports fields, but uh, really what drew me to it, I think, was – and I was always good at science. I'm, I'm not the greatest at math or was not the greatest at math growing up, but I was always interested in sciences. And so I think you know the biology portion of sports fields is what really got me into it initially. And I, I, I just love hearing the different stories, you know, because there's so many things that you just don't really expect. Like, Greg, your dad being a part of it and being one of the founders, it's just so cool that it just sort of stuck with you and – Wow. Oh, your dad's footsteps and everything, and then college roommate. <laughs> Who would have thunk it, right? There are just so many things that, like, you can possibly, like, find. Like, I've got friends that are like, I saw it on a piece of paper when I was at a college. Like, <laughs> that's it? That was, <laughs> there was hey, when I started college, too, you had to use the telephones to register. Did y'all have that, Greg, where you, you had to dial yeah. in and call and hope to get the number, the right number, and then you had no, to... No, I don't remember that. I remember there being a, a definite, like, time frame that you could do it, and if you were, like, a minute off, you're, like, in back of the line, and yeah. a little bit... I don't know how it is now, how they do it. That I'm was all online, I think. Where I was, because I'm not as old as I look. Um. <laughs> uh with everything obviously in those stories there are people that are a part of your sort of again journey is that probably the best word for it um and i love asking this question too because there's so many people that have been a part of your careers and everything that goes into it who has been there for you guys sort of the most when it comes to being a mentor sort of guiding you down this path and bringing you to a point again where you guys have successful careers and 16 years, 17 years, incredible. Like, I mean, that's, you don't see that too often in any industries in especially this industry, people are always looking to move up, move along, like whatever it is, but what has it been for you guys sort of that individual or individuals that have been helping you with that driving force in your career? Um, well, first, um, my first mentor was and is, Eddie Busquet at the Charlotte Knights. Um, he's the one that got me into it. He's the one that opened my eyes. I cut my teeth on that field there. And, you know, I went in the very, I, I still to this day, I can remember walking through the gates for the very first time and he was mowing in flip flops. And I was thinking, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been. I never knew that a baseball field could be like this. It was right before opening day. And so, you know, he's the one that showed me how to, maintain a professional level baseball field. And that's, that's what I've always, you know, driven to I've always wanted that. And that's what I'm always striving for. And, you know, uh, get to exercise that every day here at the, here at the stadium at the drive. Um, but, uh, another one of my mentors is Mike Eccles at Clemson university over, uh, athletic grounds there. When I was working through college with him, you know, yeah, he helped me a lot on the agronomy side of turf. But, man, he just taught me a lot about life. That guy, he, from the get-go, he wants to know about you and your family and your day and your classes. And he wants to know the person in you and how he can develop that and and how he can share Christ through you, you know. He's uh, he's he's one of the most stand-up guys I've ever met. And um, he's one that, to this day, I can I can still call up any time and, and shoot the shit with him all day and, and you know, like, like we never lost the beat. So those two guys are probably the main – the main ones that really help kind of steer me in the right direction. Yeah. I've had so many people help me out uh, throughout the years. I definitely have to say Jimmy helped me with my introduction. Jimmy and I were classmates at the time and that introduction, you know, with the Durham Bulls was really what fostered my love for sports fields over golf. You know, when I was on uh, the golf course, I, I was always trying to find a way to get back to sports fields. Wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but I, I knew that's where my passion really lied. But even with that said, uh, Sam Murphy, the director of golf that I worked for at Myers Park Country Club, really entrusted a lot of responsibility in me at a very young age. Uh, budget work, uh, fertility work, um, crew management, I mean, you name it. And he, you know, he really taught me how to, to manage a crew. He really taught me how to 
manage a golf course. And without him, I don't know that I would have, I would have been able to advance on, you know, within my career. You know, he was really a, a big inspiration. He passed away this past year. Uh, but he was a, a big inspiration for me and, you know, really gave me my first real big bump in my career as far as responsibility and as, as far as, hey, this is a career and this is, you know, you, if you want to do this at a high level, then these are the steps that you need to take to be able to do it. So, you know, but there were, you know, I have to say everyone on the conference committee uh, that that Greg and I are a part of. You know, I take something from all of those guys, you know, Greg, you know, just being around them before I was a part of the committee and seeing how they handled themselves and seeing how they were able to put on this larger than life conference. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from that group as well. So and I, I have to throw Bill Macklemore out here too. you know, my first few years at Providence State School. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I would have been able to have got anything done without borrowing all that equipment from country day school. So Bill, thank you. You know, I don't know how I'll ever repay, you know, all that that you allowed me to borrow, but you know, thank you for all that help. And, you know, again, it's just, there's so many people that you could think and name, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, on the spot to, to single out, you know, all the different people that helped you. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. Uh, I don't know if you got, so the hundredth episode that we had a couple episodes ago, my kids were the ones that ran it. And they got to pick the guests and everything. And I got in here expecting like all these industry professionals and I was the guest. So when I was answering that one, I just, I was like, oh shoot, there is a lot of people on this list. So I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, and, and, and again, it, it all sort of comes back to that camaraderie, you know, just honestly, like there are so many guys that I really don't know more than just meeting like once or twice or meeting on a few occasions that again, like, I would consider my brothers just because of who they are and how I've gotten to know them. And it's just, it's, it's incredible what this industry can do because like you said, Greg, you don't know if other industries actually do, but you really don't think they, there are many that can, you know, with our unique size and everything. Like it's something that I think truly should be the driver when it comes to recruiting people. Like you need to understand that the people in this industry have your back, no matter what. Now there might be some, two or three people out of the blue that might have issue with you. But like when you're talking about as a whole, everyone will pick up the phone. Everybody will help you with whatever issues you're having. It's just, it's incredible what we've developed in this industry as a whole. Um, so again, it's, it's always great to hear who has had an impact in everyone's career. So um, I could agree with you more on all that. Um, when it comes to obviously being a member of SFMA, you guys are obviously one of the top tiers when it comes to being a member and providing more opportunities past just the national uh, membership. What has it been like for you to be a part of SFMA as a whole? And how has that impacted your career sort of in, again, the time frame? obviously all the different places you guys have worked and just what you've been able to accomplish in your career through your membership in the national SFMA? Um, well, gosh, I, I think, uh, it was last year I got my, uh, 15th, 15th year pen, I guess it was. And it, it just crazy how quick it goes, but just thinking back to all the conferences that I've gone to at national, um, they've progressed and I've progressed as a, as a, as a person going to those, you know, I remember the first, first one, it was not knowing what to do. Cause there was so much variety of, um, and, you know, I'm going to every class, like one after another, boom, 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 trying to get in as much as I can. And then you start getting a little bit more relaxed of understanding, like structuring your days and, you know, getting the most out of what you need while making those connections and networking that you've you've developed each year. And but I think the the main thing when I go to national and, and, and I'm, you know, seeing SFMA is just the continuous of content. You know, they are the you know, the, the cutting edge, you know, what's new out there is, is, is what they're presenting. And that's, that's kind of the driving force that, that, that I want with our conference. And, um, but to see all those other turf professionals in there and just watching how they hold themselves, like you learn so much from that. I remember going to a, it was a professional level networking session and it was Alan Johnson for the Packers was talking and just some of the, the different content that we went through that day. It just, 
you know, uh, and just kind of opened my eyes on, on how to how to present yourself and how you want to present your organization. And I think just in a professional level standpoint, it, it really helped me that in that regard. I think for me, it's very rejuvenating. You know, you you get to see people at all different levels. You know, for me being at at the K through twelve level, getting to see that someone at professional level has the same uh, kind of issues or day to day you know problems that I have. You know, because you can you can start to revere you know these people based off of their fields, and then when you get to know them and realize that they're they're just like you and. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it's very rejuvenating. It, when I go back uh, to work, I feel, you know, like I've made the right choice in life. I feel, you know, ready to hit the ground running. You, you get to talk to people from all over the country about all kinds of different things and realize that, you know, we're we're all very similar. We all have very similar interests. We all, you know, we're all a lot alike, and it, it's just that like camaraderie. Or, excuse me, camaraderie. It's a tough word to say. Uh, it. <laughs> It just, you know, it helps propel you forward and helps get you excited about the career that you chose again. Cause things, you know, for six, you know, we do things for 16, 20 years, repetitive things over and over again. It, you know, sometimes takes a little push to, for it not to be stale and, you know, going to you know, the regional conferences, the chapter meetings, or even a national conference that really helps to, you know, to, to rejuvenate you and get you ready to go again. Well, they use the word rejuvenating, you know, because it really is. When you talk about being run down, having a rough go, like maybe it was a bad season, maybe the grass is struggling, and, you know, you just had a rough year, and you go in, and you, just, you see everybody you love, you get to talk about things you help with, things that you can improve upon, and it just sort of like, ah, refresh, here we go. Let's let's hit it again, hit the ground running, you know. Um, now, with that, obviously, again, it's it's important to have resources, have people – there to help you when you need to. What is it that specifically for you guys is your driving force? You know, there are so many different parts of your jobs that no one knows about. There are so many different things that we could talk about for hours on end and not even get to the turf portion of it that can cause problems, cause stress, cause different things. What is it that motivates you every morning to get out of bed, go to work and love what you do every single day? I see you, uh, for, Brooklyn, Greg. <laughs> for me, I'll go first this time, Greg. <laughs> but I mean, for me, I just I chose something that I really love to do, and you know what? What's the old saying? If you you know, if you you love what you do, you, love, you don't yeah. work a day in your life. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, that that adage really fits. I mean, I really I like the people that I'm around. I you know, I, I can't speak enough about how great of an organization that Providence Day School is, and how big of a family it, you know, with all the faculty, my wife works there also, my son goes to school there. So, you know, that really, you know, just uh, getting it kind of put all that into words is kind of tough at times, but just being able to do what you like to do and be around people that you enjoy being around, it just, it makes it so much easier, even after a tough week or a tough month or even a tough year, you know, you, you really, the people you work with, you kind of, they grow to be extended family members and that makes it just so rewarding and easy to, to do. Yeah. I think uh, what gets me here is just that, like I'm, I want to be out on the field. You know, my office is a two acre, a two acre field, you know, that I get to go to every day and I'm out in the sunshine, fresh air, playing in the dirt, water and grass, you know, mowing grass, doing all that. Um, and that's where I always want to get to every day. I want to do that. And that's just that natural love that I have for it. Um, and how it is now, you know, a lot of my days aren't on the field or having to worry about things in the stadium, which is a whole nother, uh, area that I deal with that, you know, is not turf related at all, but I'm a problem solver and I can, think outside the box and I can put together processes and figure out logistics. And, you know, a lot of those skills that we have as turf managers just translated into what I do in the stadium. And a lot of that consumes me, but the drive to get out on the field, like I've got everything in the stadium where I need it, you know, thanks to my crews 
and and my staff. But like, if I can get out on the field and I'm the mo guy for the day, like, I would love it, you know. Or, or I'm the guy on the hose. Um, but really, what drives me is like I get to share this place with all those people, you know. Like the the the, the staff that I have in the stadium, they get to see, you know, they they put their pride and blood, sweat, and tears all into this place the same as we do on the field and you know for them to take that ownership and to see it and see them grow is awesome and then on the field you know seeing guys on my crew like old and young and you know new or returning whatever like you can see it in them that they enjoy it just as much as you and just to be able to share that is uh is very rewarding and you know you come in a lot a lot of days most days i would say you think like you're the luckiest guy in the world, you know, to be able to do this. So um, just want to be able to share that with others. I wish I could get more people in here. That way they can get the same, the same viewpoint as me. You guys are awesome. I love those. Those are, <laughs> those are so cool. You know, like being able to share that sort of, again, like just wanting to be there, you know, that's, that's half the battle when it comes to keeping people in this industry, you know, and it's, it shouldn't be part of the battle, you know, it should be something that comes natural and that's who we're looking for. So, uh, I, and again, I love how Greg, you took it like a whole nother step with these are the things that I'm good at and I enjoy doing and problem solving all these things. People don't really look at their jobs like that, even though it's just sort of second nature. So, um, I truly appreciate that. So, um, we sort of wrap it up on these last two questions, which they tend to, carry along so that's why i'm gonna i'm gonna start <laughs> i don't want to keep you guys too long um with everything uh when you first start in this industry what is one thing and it's not to make things easier or harder or whatever it is it's just you wish you knew one thing when you first started this industry what would that one thing be and why um i would say the one thing that i wish that i knew from the get-go of becoming head groundskeeper here was just how to better relate to others. I, I would say um, my very first year, I was a very hot head, you know, <laughs> I was, I was young guy in town, but I knew what I wanted and it was either that way or the highway. And that would fuel, fuel tensions, in other areas that didn't need to be there and then um learn that you know i don't have to be that way to get what i need um i've i really reverted back to kind of where what i am now is i'm i try to be calm cool and collected you know at all times you know if it could be middle of the ninth inning and like a shit storm start happening at thunder and lightning like you got to be cool because everyone's going to be looking for you for the answer. And if your reaction or your response is, is negative or chaotic or whatever, that's just going to fuel everyone else. So you just have to be able to stay, stay cool and, and, and keep a cool, keep a cool head on things and not let emotions get into it. Can y'all hear my one-year-old yep, in the background? <laughs> I, I would echo very, similar things that Greg just said, you know, I think for me, um, you know, letting people help you that, you know, you don't, you don't have to do everything is a tough one to learn. Um, the biggest one for me, what was tough was, you know, not to take everything personally and regardless of what decision is made or, you know, from, you know, wherever the decision came from, whether it was someone on the crew or someone above you in management, you know, everyone's trying to make a decision that's best for the organization as a whole. And sometimes that helps you and sometimes it, it doesn't. And you just got to roll with the punches and, and keep moving forward. And that one, you know, that one's probably the hardest one for me is, you know, don't take things personally because, mm -hmm. you know, we all, you know, we're all in a position to make decisions, right? And we want the decisions that we make to be the correct ones. And sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. So, you know, you, you just got to kind of roll with it. Definitely. Definitely. And I think I've spoken to this a few times is with the calm, cool and collected with those younger kids, like it, it makes a difference, you know? Um, so I, I think it's incredible again, sort of 
understanding like that's critical to maintaining a crew, maintaining sort of that camaraderie and everything. Um, I know if, I mean, I take everything personally, that's a problem that I always have had. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go after anybody, but like, if somebody says something to me, I'm like, Oh crap. Like I mm. need to fix this. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I know like my bosses over the years, like they never took my head off and that made me always like, Oh, I just broke the $30,000 mo. You're not mad. Okay. <laughs> Patience like has been a, a big one for me too. I'm yeah. not the most patient person in the world and just learning to, uh, you know, I, I like to have things. If there's a conflict, I like to resolve it quickly. I don't like to wait. And sometimes, you know, especially in a corporate type organization, you might have a meeting set for a week after whatever the issue was. And so you kind of have to stew on that for a week. So just, you know, learning patience or, you know, across the board, that's been a big one for me. Yes, for sure. I I don't have that still. Sorry. Um. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. I, I'm still learning it. Uh, <laughs> good days or bad days. People say I have. I feel like I have no patience, but then again, I do think about the fact that I do teach high school students how to manage fields. Yeah. In a way, I think I might have a little bit of patience. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah for sure. It's it's always a good thing to remind myself. Like, oh, you do have patience. It just doesn't. Hey, and I give you a lot of credit for that because I'm I'm not a teacher. I've learned that I'm. You know, I'm not very good at at teaching people how to do things. And so I'm learning to let people put them in good situations and give them the tools they need and, and help them kind of learn yeah. on their own. Um, That's a teacher. With a little, I'm with tell with a little you, guidance. That is teaching. <laughs> I know it's not a full-fledged 20-person classroom, but that is teaching. And most sports field managers are very good teachers. They just don't think they are or know that they are, you know. Um so again, I think that's a big thing. Um, something I did want to ask earlier that I forgot. Personally, for you two, out of this past conference, what did you guys get out of it? And what do you see sort of moving forward, sort of taking that, whether it's back to work, uh, whether that's furthering your each, obviously, South Carolina, North Carolina uh, groups or just the whole conference as a whole? Is there anything that you two personally that you got out of this event specifically? Sorry to pinball around like that, but... <laughs> Um, it, I mean, the one thing that I got out of it was, was completely from, you know, the first couple hours of our conference was from one, the keynote, Pete Smith talking about dare to matter. And then you guys talking on recruiting the next generation. Um, that's where I feel like I've kind of, uh, got a new, a new fire lit in me that I want to, uh, go down that path. You know, you, you were excellent and explaining out you know how you started your program up there and and some of the steps that we should take in our own state and and we're looking to to do just that you know i think that we can develop a group that can kind of help spearhead those efforts in our states and you know hopefully make it a regional thing and and just keep expanding you know from there but we want to kind of get that groundwork and that's what you helped us kind of visualize better and that's where i want to be able to make it more clear and and so everybody in every county can 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 utilize the resources that are already there to begin with and then just to find out how far can you take it and i think if we can get get on that right path then that's where a lot of our new our next generation is going to come from you know and that's 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 awesome i'm i'm excited about it i was i was getting excited when we were doing our zoom calls before and then to have the actual conference and the the panel like it all came together and again you guys crushed it and I'm I'm pumped to I'm pumped to continue that that piece on. I always get really excited just to to get to the conference. You know, we like I said earlier, we start in February planning everything, and and it happens so quickly. Uh, once we get down there, everything just comes together, and you know, especially coming out of COVID, we weren't really sure what was going to happen last year. Our attendance was way down, and this year, we not only had a lot of new people come we had a lot of people come back and I think that's just, you know, when we talk about growing, I think that's one of the more important things is, is getting our core people to come back. And, you know, I think we saw that this year. And again, we had some, some things that we need to work on uh, to keep continuing to make the experience, the on-site experience better. Um, but just getting through it and, and I mean, I wish we could do it all the time. It, I, I hate that. It's just like one, one week out of the year and then it's over 
yeah yeah it's a lot of fun and i don't I like being a part of the, you know, the conference committee and being a part of putting on the conference and doing a lot of the, the, the things behind the scene. I just, I find that very rewarding and fun and being a part of the group that gets to put that on is, yeah. is you know, it's exciting and you, you get down there, you get to see all your friends and have, you know, fun and learn and network for a week. And man, it's, it's over so quick. Love it. Yeah. That's, that's what, and again, a lot of people don't comprehend is the passion you guys have for not just the North Carolina, South Carolina, the South region, just for our industry as a whole. That's what's going to drive everything the right direction. You know, we, even if it, if it's a try and a fail, it, it's the fact that everybody is putting forth the effort and trying to bring more people or pr- uh, benefit others that are already in the industry. That's what's, that's what this is all about. And that's what that's truly what I enjoyed the most out of all of it is seeing you guys and the passion you guys have for what you're built down there and how you continue to grow. Um, so I can't thank you enough for allowing me to be a part of it. I had an absolute blast. Um, so we ended on this question and it sort of segues from Greg, your response. Um, if there was one thing that you would tell, say, a student of mine who's looking to enter the industry, uh, whether that's going to college, entering the industry right out of high school, what would be your best words of advice for them sort of entering this uh, fresh, I mean, into, again, what we love? Hmm. Uh, I'll go, Greg. I mean, I I would say take chances and, and don't be afraid to take those chances. And, you know, I look at, some of the guys that traveled a lot in their career and went from coast to coast, you know, I didn't do that in my career. I wanted to make my career work in, in Charlotte and I've done that. And I'm, I'm proud of having been able to do that. But if I could do something different, I would go to England and I would see how they're managing soccer fields in England. I would go to the West coast and see how they're managing things on the West coast and, you know, the Northeast, uh, you know, Texas, Florida, you know, the Midwest, I, I would just go all over the country and, and, you know, don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to take challenges. And, you know, just because a door shuts doesn't mean another one won't open. So just, you know, put yourself out there and, and explore what this industry has, because there's so much that goes on. There's so many fun things that you can be in, involved in and you just got to put yourself out and go for it. Yeah. I was going to say one thing that I wish that I did was intern around more places, work different places rather than upstate South Carolina. Um, and got out to see how other folks do things. But uh, much like what you say, Robbie, I would say, like, ask questions. You know, ask if you can do something. You know, can I jump on the mower today? Um, You know, more times than not, like me, I'm, you know what, let's let's do it. You know, I, right, let's see. You know, there's a lot of things. That <laughs> you, you never know what you're going to do until you can ask and actually put yourself in it and, you don't know if you're good at anything. So, um, you know, have the confidence to do that, to ask and do some of the work. A lot of, a lot of people are, you know, interns or, or game timers that come out here. They have, they have no clue what they're doing. You know, I can go tell them to put a, a bag of dirt on the plate or, you know, on the base pass or something. And there's a certain way you can do it. There's a million different ways you can do it, but mm-hmm. like make it yours and make, you know, have confidence in the way that you do things and, you know, there's a lot of kids that come through that they're super smart, they're bright, they're uh, you know respectful of everything, but they're they're a little too reserved, and they just need to kind of get outside their their comfort zone and outside of that shell. And then once you do that, man, once you get confidence out on a baseball field or on any sports field, like it will just continue to grow, and others see that, and that just only helps other folks know, like, man, now this guy, I know that he can go do this, 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 and I ain't got to worry about it. And that, that as a manager is so comforting knowing that you have folks that you don't have to worry about and that want to go out there and do well. Um, so yeah, that would, that'd be it. <laughs> Love both of those responses. I mean that I I will say like, it's hard to get someone out of their ways. Like internships, like a lot of people are just like, Oh, you're going to go do the shit work or like stuff that you're not really going to enjoy. Like, if you ask, like more more than likely, people are gonna be like, "Okay, he's interested. We want we want people like this." You know, like yeah. if you give a kid even a little bit, they're gonna go, "Oh wow!" You know what I mean? So again, I I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, when it comes to again, sort of that next generation as well, like 
our kids are painting fields 24 7 i'm like i'm not painting it all by myself you crazy um, <laughs> um I, I would say too you know don't be afraid to to do the little jobs you know don't don't 100%. be afraid to you know whatever job it is that, that you're doing if it's if you're on the weed eater and you think it's the most menial job on the, on the crew like do it with the same passion you would as being the guy riding around on the mower because at some point in your career you're going to be the manager yeah. Or you're going to be over someone, and it is so important to be able to say, "Hey, I did that." You know that yeah. I, I, what you're doing right now, I've done that. I know that it sucks. I, you know, yeah. I did it all summer, or I did it for however many years. Yeah. So it's it's very important to be able to take pride in in every little aspect of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah that's some of my first boss, uh, Casey Underwood at Tech. He was very pet peeve was landscaping. Everything had to be perfect. So. A lot of the guys are doing edging, weed eating, edging beds every day. I'm like, this is getting a little ridiculous. There's two blades of grass growing in the bed right now. This is not, this is not worth my time. But like, again, like, like you said, have passion for whatever you're doing, whatever that is, you know, bring that to the table on all fronts and that'll carry through whatever hardship comes your way, you know, especially as a crew, that's, that's big. So, well, I want to thank you guys so much. This was fantastic. Uh, and again, I can't thank you enough for having me down. Uh, I had an absolute blast. It was great meeting you both of you and getting to know you guys. And, uh, if you guys ever need anything, I am just a phone call away with whatever it is. Um, so again, I can't thank you enough. Well, we hope that you come back again next year and, and bring a few more people from Virginia with you too. And, we'll you know, try. And, yeah. And hey, bring your students. If you know, I know they're probably in school at the time, but well, maybe yeah, do yeah. a presentation with the kids, get people excited to see it from their eyes, you know. If yeah. you guys are interested in that, we can we've done it before. So just let us know. Kids we can learn. always, you know, set up a zoom of some sort with your for mm-hmm. one of your classes too. So you know, yeah, we can for we sure. can help in any way that you need us. We I really appreciate that, guys. As always, thank you so much. Absolutely.